0: Well, listen y'all, I'm really excited to kick off a brand new series this morning. And uh, as we get ready for this series, let me recap real quick kind of the year. January, everybody say January. January January of this year was all about setting vision and setting goals for where we're headed this year, what we believe God was challenging us with this year and what he knew, we knew that he wanted to see done this year, so that was January. Then we moved into February, everybody say February. February. February was a time of spiritual and physical cleaning. Anybody get more clean in February than you've ever got before? Either in your healthy diet or in your spirituality or whatever. Listen, February, I I call it like a shedding. It was a shedding. We did a spring cleaning was the series in February and God did some cleaning. Uh, Then we get to March and March was all about connecting into the family, serving, finding the place that God has called you to be in. Somebody say amen. amen. I truly believe with all of my heart that we are moving into a season right now of equipping. Everybody say equipping. So we're moving into a season of equipping. I believe that God drew us in, in a major way, in January, we had a lot of fun. In February, he began this cleansing, cleaning us out. In March, he began to get us connected and showing us the place that he has us to serve. Now in April, May, and part of June, longest series I've ever written in my life, in, in these next three months, I believe God's gonna do an equipping in us. I believe he's gonna prepare us for the work that he has for us. Somebody say amen. And so uh, the title to the series is The Gifts of God. The, the Lord gave me this series um, back in October of last year. I was flying home from Puerto Vallarta, and I was on the airplane trying to think about, you know, just, just visiting with the Lord. You know, when you're on an airplane, you don't love to fly. You spend a lot of time talking to Jesus. Anybody else? Uh, okay, maybe it's just me. And so, uh, so anyways, I felt like that He gave me this series, the longest series that I've, I've ever wrote. It's called The Gifts of God, and the series is going to be broken up into three parts. Everybody say three parts. So the first two weeks, this week and next week, is all going to be about the gifts of the Father. And that's going to be, there's a lot of them, so we're not going to dig into that yet. I'm talking about that this morning. Then the next six weeks, everybody say six weeks, is going to be the gifts of the Son. And then the next two weeks is going to be the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's 10 weeks, the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all like gifts? Okay, let me tell you, you're going to love this series. Because this series is going to be all about gifts that God has given you and me. Everybody say me. Me. And so we're going to dive right in. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to camp out this morning in Genesis 1 through 3. Um, And as we're getting ready today to speak to you, I want to ask the Lord to just speak to us. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now. Lord, we know that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. God, I pray as we dig into your word this morning that you would give us direction. I pray that you would give us clarity. I pray that you would correct us where we need correcting, rebuke us where we need rebuking, encourage us where we need encouraging, and mature us where we need maturing. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said? All right, y'all. This one's real easy. Genesis chapter one. Very first page as you open your Bible, and we're gonna read the very first verses. So, very, very easy. Here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all read it with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Okay, so the very first thing that we read when we open up our Bible, everybody say number one. one. The very first thing that we read when we open our Bible is we read the, the story of creation. Day one, it says that God created light. Everybody say light. And then day two, he created the sky. Day three, he separated the water from the, 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 the land and he made land. And then he began to do um, uh, vegetation all over the land. Day four, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. Day five, he created the fish in the seas and the bird in the air. Day six, he created the animals on the earth and then he formed the man. Everybody say the man. The man. And then in day seven, he rested. Everybody say, let's take, take, a, take, take a siesta. Day seven, he rested. This is the account of creation biblically. Genesis 1 and then Genesis 2 goes into that. So this morning, I want us to take the account of creation and I want to share with you five gifts that God gave us in the account of creation. Y'all ready? Oh, that wasn't good enough. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Everybody say number one. God gave us the gift of life. The gift of life. Check this out. Genesis chapter two and verse seven says, then the Lord God formed the man... From the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and that man became a living person. Now, I want you to notice that everything else that God created, it says that he spoke it, and it was. He spoke the earth into existence. He spoke that the waters and the the land come apart. He spoke the vegetation. He spoke the animals. And notice the animals came alive and they were already alive as he spoke them into existence. But with the man, the Bible says that he picked up dirt from his creation and he formed us into exactly what he wanted us to be. He actually says that he formed us in the image of God. And then when he got us exactly how he wanted us formed, the Bible says that he breathed into us the breath of life. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Lord. So I I want you to hear me for just a second. Your life, everybody say "My my life. Whether you live or whether you die should never be your choice. Now, I want you to keep hearing me. Somebody else's life, and whether they live or whether they die, should never be your choice. A baby's life, and whether that baby lives or whether that baby dies, should never be your choice. Now, that's probably offensive to some people, and I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry, actually. I, I want you to stay with me. I want you to hear me. You know why it should never be our choice? Here's why. Because that's not a gift that you gave. That's a gift that he gave. The Bible says that he formed us. In fact, the Bible says that he formed us in our mother's womb. And that he breathed into us. That is not your breath that somebody else is breathing. That is his breath that somebody else is breathing. That is not your heart. That is his heart. And so the reason that Christian people are followers of Jesus, I don't like to refer to us as Christians because Christians kind of have a negative connotation. I like followers of Christ. The reason that people that follow Jesus are anti-choice is because we understand that the gift of life was not given by anyone but God, and it should not be taken by anyone but God. God should choose when we come alive. God should, he does choose when we come alive and God should choose when we go to the next world. Listen, that is a gift. That life is a gift from God. God. God's breath was into making us and no one should have the right to take that away. Also thinking along these lines, I want you to know that if you are living and you are breathing, if you're alive, you're alive for a purpose. I know this saying's really, really good. It's trying to tell people that that they're not here for a purpose. They were an accident. God doesn't make mistakes by creating you. No, no. God has a will. God has a calling on you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And Satan, what he wants to do is he wants to stop you from moving in the plan and the purpose that God has for you. So he tries his hardest to convince us that we don't have a purpose, that we don't have an identity, that we don't have, there's no point in us living. And so he wants us to take our own life or he wants us to think in this thought line, this thought process to stop us from moving in what God has for us. But God gave us the gift of life, and he wants us to live it for him. Somebody say amen. amen. The second thing that God gave us, God gave us the world that we live in. Now watch this, Genesis chapter one and verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Listen, God created this planet. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank and he placed us on this planet so that we could reign and enjoy the planet. Everybody say reign. You know what that means? It means he gifted it to us. He didn't give it to the animals. He gave it to the humans so that humans could reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the wild stock. He gave everything that's on this planet to us as a gift. That's beautiful. Amen. I know y'all that we talk a lot about heaven and the fact that we sing songs like this world is not my home and we're looking for this other home. And if you're a Christian, that's true. You are looking for this other home. Can we just take just a second, though, and acknowledge how awesome of a job he did building the home that we have? I mean, I want you to think about just one aspect of Earth real quick. Everybody say one. We got, I could talk about hundreds of thousands of aspects of earth, but I just want to talk about one and that's in Job chapter 26. And here's what I want to talk about. Can you imagine earth? And one of the things that makes earth so cool is the fact that it has life on it. Okay. You know how there's life on it? There's vegetation on it. Things can grow on it. Uh, um, things can live on it. Listen, listen. Can you imagine any of y'all got sprinkler systems at your house? And if you don't have a sprinkler system, your grass dies. Okay, can you imagine God formed a sprinkler system for the earth that works? Now Think about this. He formed the earth and the earth is three quarters water and it's one fourth land, right? If it was any different, that would not work out. And then what happens is, is the sun rises and as the sun rises, it begins to heat up the water of the ocean and the water of the ocean begins to get heated up. It comes up and it, it, what's the word here? vapor boom thank you okay it heats up the water of the ocean and what the water heats up and it comes up into and it forms vapor and the vapor then forms clouds now check this out you know the water in the ocean is salty and rain is not salty God's so smart that he had the the ocean water come up and it was salty water but now it's clean water you know why it's got to be clean water because he's building a sprinkler system vapor is a lot lighter than water and so then God puts wind that moves clouds around to put them in the right spot so that it can rain on the land so that the land can continue to sprout vegetate. Y'all, that's just one piece. Is that not incredible? I bet you couldn't have thought of that. That's incredible. That is the kind of God that we serve. This is the kind of home that he made for us while we're here on the earth. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's a gift. Number three. Y'all, I love this gift, the gift of food. Look at this, Genesis 1, 29, it says, then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all of the fruit trees for your food. I've given every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. Y'all, God didn't just give us life and an incredible world to live in. He then gave us one of my favorite things ever, and that's food. Anybody else enjoy food? Listen, I was just thinking about it this week, and I just began to thank God, because God loves me. I know He loves me, you know why? Because He made cows. I'm gonna be real with you, I love some steak. If you're a vegetarian, I ain't gonna judge you, but don't judge me, okay? I love some steak. God was thinking of Josh Pogue when he made the ribeye. The filet mignon. And then, then, you know what he did? He said, you know what, I'm gonna get that ribeye just perfect, so I'm gonna make grass so that cow can go out there and prepare himself for Josh. That's what he said. And then he said, you know what, I love Josh so much, I'm gonna make some chickens. And these chickens are gonna form these things called eggs. And when you take a ribeye and you slap it right by some eggs, <laughs> the perfect breakfast. And then God said, you know what? Josh is going to love it even more. I'm going to make some coffee beans. Woo! And then you can take, and I'm going to bring this person that's going to be smart enough before Josh enters the world that they're going to learn to grind up the coffee beans. And they're going to get the coffee beans ready so that when Josh sits down for breakfast, he can have a ribeye, a filet mignon with some eggs and some coffee because he knew it was going to go perfect together. Yes. Amen. Yes. Listen, I could, I could preach this point all day long. <laughs> I just began this week. I, the, yes. Uh, this weekend, we went to a place called uh, Swamp Daddy's. Oh, my gosh. As we sat there, I just, Lord, I thank you for crawfish. God, I thank you for alligator, it's so good. Listen, he created all of those things for us to have the perfect food, y'all. Come on, if you're thankful, would you just say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus! Listen, it kind of gives a new thought. This week, I've had a complete new thought process to saying grace, because I've just been thanking him for everything on my plate. And then I've been thinking, like, if I'm eating steak, I thank him for the grass, and the hay, and the farmers, and the ranchers. I've just been thanking him for all of it, you know why? because it takes all of that to get that ready. And so I've just been thanking him for everybody. Some of y'all probably got a hand in that and I've been thanking him for you. Now, you know where, you know where praying over your food came from? Let's stay with me real quick. Praying over your food came from the, the festivals and the different things that when God gave a harvest, then they would have festivals saying, thank you, Jesus. So when we got a plate, whether you ordered it at a restaurant or not, God gave that to you. He's the one that created it. And I want to challenge you to start being extra thankful for everyone that's involved in you being able to get that food on your plate. Somebody say amen. Amen. So God gave us life. God gave us the world. God gave us food. Here comes. It just just keeps getting better and better. Y'all ready for number four? Number four, God gave the man the woman. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm very thankful for this gift. Man, that would have been a really great time for you to score some brownie points if you're married. My wife ain't even in here and I'm talking about how thankful I am. Listen, man, I want you to know something. My wife is a gift from God. Your wife is a gift from God. Genesis chapter two and verse 18 It says, then the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. I'm right there with you, buddy. (laughs) Verse 21. It says, so the Lord God calls the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took one of his ribs, one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And the Lord God made the woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. He made her and then brought her. At last, at last the man said, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called, whoa, man, because she was taken from the man. Now, um, it would take me a really long time to preach to you this morning and teach you about all of the benefits of the gift of the woman But here's what I want you to know. Hey, guys, pull out your pens and phones. Take notes real quick, okay? Here's what I want you to know. -uh. Here's what I want you to know. She was a gift. She was a gift from God to you. And if you want her to continue to feel like a gift, you should probably treat her that way. And you know what I found to be true in my life? What I've found to be true in my life is the better that I treat my wife, the more gifts that she gives to me. It's, it's, it's almost like if you take this gift and you treat this gift right, she's the gift that keeps on giving. And if you're married, you'll, you'll appreciate that statement. If you're not, wait till you get married. You ain't married. She ain't, he ain't got your gift yet. Amen? Okay, we should probably move on. <laughs> Okay, so God gave us life. God gave us the world that we live in. God gave us food. God gave us the woman. And he gave you your man. And then number five, God gave us the gift of choice. Genesis chapter two, verses 15 through 17. It says, the Lord God placed a man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die." I mean, if you think about it, technically he didn't really give us a choice. He said, this is what I'm telling you not to do, but if you choose to do it, just know that you will surely die. And then he gave us the gift of free will He gave us the choice to choose to be obedient to God or to choose to be disobedient to God. At this time, I want to invite Pastor Scott to come. Come on, give it up for Scott, and he's going to preach the second part of this message.
1: Good good morning, everyone. How are we? Thank you, Pastor Josh, for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Just like um, Pastor Josh said, I'm going to jump right in. The truth is that the gift of choice, he gave us the the opportunity for obedience or disobedience. Everybody say obedience. Obedience. He gave us the opportunity for obedience or disobedience. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 3 today. I like to tell everyone, if you give me 20 minutes, say 20 minutes. I'll have you out of here. We've got 20 minutes. That means I'm going to finish around 1202. Does that sound good, everybody? All righty, fantastic. Hey, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says this Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You know what I like about that? Is the enemy hasn't changed his tactic. The same tactic that worked in the beginning is the same tactic that he uses today. The enemy says, did God really say that you can't eat from any tree? You see, the enemy's playing chess and Eve's playing checkers. She says this, the woman said to the serpent, of course not. We can eat from any tree. She's trying to follow God. She's trying to obey God. We can eat from any tree in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from, <clears throat> sorry, you must not eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. You must not even touch it or you will die. And the serpent, it's like they're playing they're playing tennis back and forth and he's like game set and match. He said, you're not gonna die. You certainly won't die. The serpent said to the woman, God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God knowing what? good and evil. You'll be like who? You'll be like God. You won't die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. See, here's what we need to know today. Point number one is this. God may have you. We've got hundreds of people in our room that love Jesus. God may have you. He had Adam and he had Eve, but the enemy can stop you from doing what what God wants to do in you by putting the shame of the world on you. God may have you, but the enemy can stop you from doing what God wants to do in you by putting the shame of the world on you. And what the enemy did here What the enemy did here is he made Eve see something that she hadn't seen. She made Eve, he made Eve see something that she hadn't seen. Look in verse six. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was what? Good for food and pleasing to the eye. Now, let me just stop. I'm not going to be tempted by fruit. I'm just going to let you know. Like, give me a steak Give me some fried food. But Scotty, Scotty don't like apples or grapes or any of that junk. But somehow eat, well, women like those things. You know what I'm saying? And so here she is. She's tempted. That fruit looked good. It was desirable to the eye for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Why did they do that? Because they felt shame. Has anyone in our room today felt some shame? Can you raise? I can raise both hands. I'm saying like has anyone in our room today felt some shame and the shame of the world gets on us because we allowed the enemy to lie and deceive and all of a sudden what seemed good and what seemed okay and what seemed like a truth but was really half truth we get we get deceived and we fall into sin and all of a sudden we've got the shame of the world on us does that sound like some of our stories today God wants to do something in you He has you if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the enemy can stop you from doing what God wants to do in you if he just puts a little shame on you. And we see that they began to cover themselves. See what Eve wanted, number two, is she wanted to be God instead of obey God. She wanted to be God. She saw that it was good. That sounds good. I can have the control. Right? I'm an A personality. If I can control it, I can keep it. Right? If I can control it, I can make more money. It's all on Scott Green. You know what I'm saying? I'm an A personality. So I have to deal with that some. Some of us in the room today, I bet we deal with that. We like control. We like to control our life because it sounds good and it seems okay. But the truth is, is that's not how God designed us. We see that in Genesis 2. That's not how God designed it. He said, you can have anything you want. You can do whatever you want. Just don't eat from that one tree. Seems easy. I'd love that. I, no problem, Jesus. I won't eat fruit. No big deal. We wanted to be, be God instead of obey God. We see in Genesis 3, verse 8. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. The Lord. He was walking in the garden, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answers, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Everybody say hid. "Hid." Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That woman you put here with me. It's her fault. It's all her fault. If you wouldn't have put her here with me, God, we'd still be. I'd still be eating steak. It's the woman's fault. I want to take it a step further. How often in our own lives, youth, adults, have we said, you know what, Scott, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have gone to that place. But my friends were going, so I went with them. I wouldn't have done that thing. But all of a sudden, somebody somebody told me that I needed to do it, so I went. And we try to place blame on everyone else instead of accepting blame on us. Right? And so when God, God convicts us And he says, hey. You don't need to do that you don't need to go down that road you don't need to go there we want to blame everybody else we want to blame everything else we want to blame our circumstances and the life we've been through and all the stuff my mom or my dad didn't do this for me and I didn't have I didn't have a fighting chance because I didn't have a fighting chance I got into the drug addiction and I got into this and I got into that and that isn't true you've just accepted something the enemy put on you with a half-truth was your life terrible Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't have to stay that way. You didn't have to go down that road. You didn't have to be there. Yeah, that's good. That woman you put here with me. I got a good woman. You know, I'd never say that about Karen. (laughs) See, what I love about God, though, is he doesn't use shame as a consequence. And I've got to skip a little bit, but from 12 to verse 20, God curses the serpent, God curses the woman, and God curses the man. But he doesn't use their shame against them. And aren't you glad that God doesn't use shame against me and against you? Like when we make a mistake and we do things we shouldn't do and we go to areas we shouldn't be and we do things that we should have never been involved in, God still loves us. That's exciting. And God loved Adam and Eve so much. Look at this. In verse 21, he's frustrated. Wouldn't you be? You got one job. I'm frustrated. I'm living in this world the way I am because they 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 had one, one job. Don't eat from that tree. I could. I feel like I could have done it. You know. <laughs> Genesis three twenty one says this: The Lord God made garments of what? Animal skins for Adam and his wife. And what? He clothed them. I love that the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. And what we see here is the very first sacrifice. Aren't you glad that God instead of he's not in heaven ready to spite you down even in the beginning. He's not in heaven ready to spite you down. He's not in heaven ready to call you out. He's not in, in heaven ready to take you out. He's in heaven ready to clothe you in his grace. Point number 3. God's response to sin was to clothe us in his grace grace is the free say free the free unmerited favor you have free unmerited favor in God God loves you so much that he's that he is showing you grace today and the truth is is our identity we get it all shifted and messed up because we let the enemy lie With half-truth, in the middle of lies and regret and sin, we let that bog us down and keep us placed in a bondage and prison for all of our lives. And when we do that, God can't do what he's called us to do. But God... His response to you today, just as his response with Adam and Eve, was to clothe you in his grace. Mercy is not what God does. It's who God is. It's who God is. And today, no matter what season of life you've walked in, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's gone on to to this day, Jesus has grace and mercy for you. We've talked about a lot of things today. Yeah, that's good. We've talked about a lot of things today. And I just want to say this, online family, church family. I love the gift of life. And there may have been decisions some of us have made. And we wrecked that one. We took matters into our own hands. We weren't ready. We were young, whatever. There's enough grace for you today that Jesus loves you so much that he wants relationship with you, that there is no sin. Under under heaven that could keep you from a relationship with God. God actually says that you've been created in his image. That you've been beautifully and wonderfully made. God loves you so much that he who began a good work in you, he will see it to its completion. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And today you can come forward and receive grace. That's good. I can receive God's grace and mercy today. If our worship team would come, prayer partners, if you'd stand, church family, stand, prayer partners come forward. There was a season in my life, everybody. I was 19 years old. I loved Jesus with all of my heart. But because of life experience, because of issues I had been through, I had the shame of the world. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And I'll never forget, I was a a youth pastor and I was driving to seminary to Dallas, Texas after I'd preached. And honestly, I was just ready for my life to be over. God was doing incredible things, but I felt like my life, there were things in my life that weren't getting better, there was sin in my life that wasn't getting better, and I really was just ready for life to end. Have we ever been there? And honestly, I was ready to drive my truck into the next oak tree. And Jesus, in His grace and in His mercy, came into my vehicle that night, and changed my world forever. I loved Jesus, right? I I loved the Lord. I had a relationship with the Lord, but I had allowed the enemy to lie. I had allowed shame to, to come over me. And that night in my truck, it all changed. And God said this, almost like it was an audible voice. Scott Green, I promise from this day forward, I will use what the enemy meant to destroy you, what the enemy meant to harm you, what the enemy meant to kill you. I will turn it around for my good and I will use it to impact and love on people. And so for the last decade, I've allowed God to do only what God can do. Isaiah sixty-one ten, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God for He has clothed me with His garments of salvation. Arrayed me as a bridegroom adorns His head like a priest and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Adam and Eve, you and I, we were given the gift of choice that allowed them to either accept, allows us to either accept God's grace in the form of covering their shame that he provided them, or they could have rejected that grace. And in the same way, we have the ability to accept the grace of God, walk in freedom today, or we can continue to stay naked and hide. And so as we get ready to respond, there's three groups of of people I wanna hit on. Maybe you're walking With the shame of the world. That the enemy has lied to you about your sin day after day and week after week and month after month, that things aren't gonna get better, that it's always gonna be this way, that this is how it's always gonna look, that this is what life is for you. That's a lie. And today is a day of freedom for you. You can come forward and receive grace and freedom and prayer from a prayer partner. Aren't you glad that there's grace for you today? the second group of people is you've been hurt you've been hurt in your childhood you were hurt by someone else's abuse verbal sexual emotional and that pain and that hurt it has caused you to question whether God was really there, where were you God? Why weren't you on, your, on my team? And I just want you to know that God today is in heaven saying, I'm here. It says in your word, it says in his word, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. So if you wanna let go of bitterness today, if you wanna let go of some things, some, some stuff that you held against God, some stuff you've held against other people, grace is sufficient for you today. And my third group of people is you just came and you're like, bro, I don't even know the Lord. I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I've messed up so much, but I know I want that grace. I know that I want the grace of God to cover my life that you've been talking about. I know that that story you told a minute ago, that was me if that's you today you're going to come you come forward you receive prayer you receive god's grace and here's how it's going to work i'm going to pray our worship team's going to worship and we ask that you would respond you do what only god can do in like you just respond and you let god do the work. you let god do and be who he's going to be because his character hasn't changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad that the character of God is to always be with grace? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attach my people with grace and mercy. God, thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. God, I pray today that you would move like only you can. That God, that people all over our rooms today, that our online family, that they would receive your grace. That, God, that people would would receive you and what you want to do in them. That we would seek, serve, and honor you, God. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.